Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Geek Remix Podcast. My name is Stacy. And I'm Mari. Uh, sorry that it has taken us so long to get this podcast episode to you. Uh, I've been going through some personal stuff and so recording has been a little bit challenging. Uh, but we thought we'd go through some quick news items today. Um, first one is that a new Lord of the Rings book is coming out this year. What? That yeah. seems stressful. So, it's it's like in the Lord of the Rings universe. It's not the same story. Is it not official? Is it by... Is It's like, is it based off of like, you know, outlines that they found? Or is it just like fan fiction, well, basically? Well, no. So, there's actually... So, his, like, what, son or Grant, Christopher Tolkien, mm-hmm. has, they've actually released a lot of, like, books based on his notes and stuff. Yeah. So, this is just another one of those, basically. Okay, so it's like based off of, like, stuff they found. Yeah, so, like, based off of his, like, notes, his unfinished work, like, stuff that he was working, stuff uh-huh. that J.R.R. Tolkien was, like, working on, and so they were like, oh, like, we'll just, you know, finish this up. Can I show everyone my background really quick? Hold yeah. On, go away. Look, it moves. Oh. Isn't that cool? That's my desktop background. Yeah. It's the Life is Strange um, episode something, uh, start screen or whatever. Yeah. It makes me happy. Cool. There's another one that's just Max and Chloe in their bedroom. In the, you know that part where they're just... Their like, bedroom? Yes, their bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know when they're just like waking up from that sleepover? You mean Chloe's bedroom? No, their bedroom that they live in together. Yeah. And it's just like that, and it's just in your background all the time, just in case you want to see... Two teen girls hanging out after a sleepover? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the weirdo, okay? <laughs> um, so, anyways, this, uh, I don't know, I think, I think it's kind of cool, like, so, whenever they have books, they've done this also with, uh, the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series, they've put out additional books in the series. Is the person who wrote that still alive? No. Oh, he's dead? That's why I'm mentioning it along with this. Well, that's why I'm asking the question. I didn't know he was dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just seemed like a very recent series. I figured he'd still be alive. Um, I mean, like, the, I think the first one was written, like, 15 years ago. 15 years? Oh, okay. That makes sense. We're, we're getting old. Oh, fuck. I know. I don't want to think about it. Keep going. Um, so... No, don't look it up. I don't want to know. No, I'm going to look it up. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because the original movie came out in 2011. Um, I never saw the American version. I only saw the Swedish version. I, well, let's see, is that the, yeah, that's, oh, that's the American version. That's not even the, the Swedish version came out in 2009? Wow. Maybe? I don't know. So... So is this just, like, another book that's coming out, or is this, like, something special? Kind of like, you know what I mean? You ask the weirdest questions. Whether it's, I guess, like, whether or not you're excited about it depends. Like, do you want more stuff from Lord of the Rings? Because I know there is extended universe books, and I'm just wondering, is this, like... Okay, so, um, this is about the, this, I think, okay, so the Elven City of, what is this? This is about the fall of Gondolin, which was the first real story of Middle-earth that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote while he was recovering in the hospital after serving in the Battle of the Somme, which was the largest battle in World War One. Wow, so it's really going to be depressing. Probably. Oh, 
Yeah. Well, at least it's coming from a real place. So. Yeah, it, but it's about like an elven city and a quest with a reluctant hero who turns into a genuine hero. It <clears throat> is said to be a template for everything Tolkien wrote afterwards. It has a dark lord, first encounters with orcs and balrogs. It's really him kind of like getting ready for this for the whole Lord of the Rings timeline that he would write later. Oh, so this was the and first. Yeah, this would have been the first oh, book. Oh, so this is like, you know, when you're just daydreaming and you're like, yeah, and then like this so tree this is, would so be this like is, this. This is kind of like the fan fiction that he wrote before he wrote his actual books. Yeah, it's origins. Yeah. So, Lord of the Rings origins. And there are references to this story in the canonical timeline, like in The Hobbit and stuff. Um, and like the... Orcrist, Glamdring, and Sting, the three swords that Gandalf, Bilbo, and company retrieved from the Trolls' Horde, are all ancient weapons made in Gondolin. Uh-huh. Um, so, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I like that it's not just made up, either. No, it's not. It's, like, it is, it's, like, the actual material that he was working on, and it's not just, like, I think a lot of the other stuff they've put out, too, has also been more, like, uh, like, collections of short stories, that type of thing. This is, like, an actual... Book. I can totally imagine him laying in the hospital bed being like, I can't handle this, I'm going to the land of elves. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's over, I don't care. Just like... You know, that's like... I've been in a war, it's over, I'm thinking about elves now. I'm, go I'm going to the land of elves and everyone's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so, you know how we've been talking a lot about loot boxes. Mm -hmm. um, South Korea has fined game companies close to a million dollars over loot crates because it says that they were deceiving people about what the odds were of actually, like, winning something. Oh, man. Yeah. So, it, they've been hitting different studios with, like, because, like, they're like, oh, like, yeah, like, these items are, like, given out at random, but really the odds of, like, actually getting something was closer to, like, half of a percent. So you would have to play... 0.5%, You'd yeah. have to play 200 times to get the thing, to have a chance of getting the thing you wanted once. You know what really stinks about this, like, the cycle of game stuff? That I've noticed over the years, and I'm, I'm not like the first more person to like realize this, but I'm it, the first person to figure this out. <laughs> I just like I'm thinking about like you know when the Xbox One came out, loot crates, and all this other stuff is yeah. That when something horrible is happening, the game companies just pretend it's not a problem till everyone throws such a huge fit, fit? Yeah. that like lawmakers are like, hey, what's What's going on? <gasps> is that gam? That doesn't seem right. And everyone's like, yes, I know. Like, why do I have to throw such a huge ta temper tantrum? Like, people can't just be like, um, that's kind of, like, messed up. Like, can you, like, not do that? And game companies would be like, oh, yeah. No, everyone has to throw a temper tantrum in order to give have, like, normal, fair things to happen. So I have a theory about, like, kind of why that happens. Because you see the same cycle happening with things like social media companies and mm -hmm. other, like, technology areas. And I really think it's because lawmakers just, like, laws just do not keep up mm -hmm. with stuff that goes on in technology. And, like, especially with video games, like, a lot of people, they're like, oh, it's just video games. Like, it's not important. Like, that, or they don't even understand yeah. what's going on. Even outside of lawmaking, though, like, when the Xbox One came out and everyone was like, uh, we don't want to have always on DRM. Thank you. 
And then they smugly were like, oh, we have a console for that. It's called the Xbox 360. And everyone just was like, fuck you. And then the Xbox was like, oh, never mind, just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, mm. it's just, you know, it kind of, I can't think of a better solution because companies are just going to be companies. I just think it's an annoying situation where, like, when BuzzFeed claimed our L.A. Noir video, and I'm like, there's no way for me to get this done other than throwing a public baby fit, and it's embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think, though, that, like, I mean, I don't know if you saw, this is, like, kind of a side point, but I don't know if you saw, like, when Mark Zuckerberg, the guy who founded Facebook, had to testify in front of Congress. I about, saw clips of it. About but... their data collection stuff, and it's, like, the questions they were asking him, I was just like, oh my god, like, you people don't know how the internet works. Like, they were like, if your service is free, how, how do you support it? And he was like, we run ads? Like, what, how is that even, I mean, I know it's Were like, they asking baseline questions, or were they, did they really not know? No, the, some of the questions they were asking made it quite obvious that they literally have no idea. They were like, you know, they were asking him, like, can you do this, can you do that? And it was like, what? No, like, of course you can't, that's impossible. Like... Um, and just other, like, basic stuff about, like, just how the internet works in general. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, like, similar things, with, like, the loot box thing would never have happened if, like, they had originally classified some of this stuff as gambling. Like, it's not like this is, like, a, a new thing. Like, loot boxes and, like, predatory tactics in making games have has been going on for, you know, basically ever since mobile games were created, mm -hmm. you know, and yet they, they haven't really been regulated because it's not... I can't believe they have loot boxes and fully paid for games. Like, they're That's still... That's fucking crazy. There's, like, this, the f facade of, like, okay, it's a free-to-play game, like, blah, blah, but then, like, a fully paid for a game, and they're like, we're late, we don't have, like, games are too cheap now, we need to blah, and I'm like, I'm sorry, you... I'm not sorry that you put yourself into this business model of sinking million, hundreds of millions of dollars into games that cannot be supported by a normal amount of people buying them. Yeah. Like, you, if your game can't cut even with 5 million copies sold, you have a problem with your business model. Yeah. And I understand, like, oh, we have to have the best graphics, we have to have the best this, and, like, you know... How about, like, making a good game? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, at a, at a certain point, it's like you also... <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you also, like, yeah, I mean, it's great to have, like, uber-awesome graphics and stuff like that, but, like, you want people to be able to afford the game. But if you notice, all the games of the most popular don't have really amazing graphics. You know? Um... I mean, I don't even, I don't know. Like, like Fortnite and stuff, they have average graphics. Oh, the, but, the, but they're not popular because of their gra They're popular because, like, they're free. Yeah, know? but you know, what I'm saying is, like... And accessible. Yeah, but I'm just, like, there. there's a serious flaw with the AAA way of making games in which they... I feel like whenever I play a AAA game, like, you know, God of War I really like, and, um... And it's beautiful. And it's beautiful, but, like, there's sometimes, like, these AAA games come out, like, uh, Assassin's Creed, and it just feels like, I don't know, like, just clunk. 
I don't know how to explain. Mm. You know, it just doesn't feel like anything good. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I can't really speak for that because I haven't really played any of the recent Assassin's Creed games, but, like, I feel like sometimes there is a tendency to focus on, like, hardware and, like, technical specifications and not, like, what actually goes in the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, like, in a game that has a focus on a narrative, not, like, Call of Duty, obviously, but games that focus on a narrative, like, you have to spend the time to, like, make that engaging and good. But I feel like that's really a side point because... I mean, that, that is suggesting that by improving those things that you'd sell more games. And I think the point is that maybe they have... I think word of mouth is much more valuable than screenshots these days in, in our current uh, ecosystem of games. I mean, I cannot... I cannot even begin to tell you, like, when I, when I was saying, saying, like, on Twitter, like, hey, we're gonna play God of War, like, we're gonna play it, we're, like, excited, and people were like, oh, like, I've heard people saying good things, like, people that I trust, therefore I want to see you play it, mm -hmm. stuff like that, as opposed to, like, oh, I bet it's going to look so beautiful, because it's like, you know, some people, not everybody is gonna be playing this game on, like, a 4K television mm -hmm. with, like... And no doubt, this game is gorgeous but it's not it's a lot of it goes towards art direction and scale and stuff like that rather than the amazing graphics it looks graphics are really good but they take you nowhere if you don't put effort into making the place look good mm-hmm I mean I just I don't know how like is that like really what costs the most in Co terms of making a game though well, cost most is like man hours and the more what costs the most is, you know, abusing your low-level programmers and their dreams so that they'll work way past their limits because they have a dream of playing, vi making video games until they're burnt out and you fire them. That's what costs the most. But, um... What? Labor is what I'm saying. And I was talking about how they mistreat their oh. programmers and stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. I guess I was just saying, like... If a, if a game company was going to make cuts to their overhead cost, like, what would be the area where they would cut from? I don't know. Do you know, know what I mean? I know that the Because, like, we, we always harp on about, like, the graphics and stuff and wanting better narrative, but, like, what if, what if like, once you get the graphics set up, that's, that's not really the part that costs the most? I don't know. So, I know that The Witcher was made by a much smaller team, and it was cost a lot less to make and that was a very large and, and detailed game mm -hmm. so I'm not quite sure I think what it is is that they keep trying to make games within a short period of time oh yeah that'll so do that it. they have to hire tons and tons of people to work on it at the same time mm -hmm. and then like rush it and rush it and so and that'll like inflates the cost while on the other hand like CD CD project red they have way fewer people working on it for a longer period. For, like, four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like, a completely different monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the, as I said, like, with the AAA system, they try to push these games out really fast, really expensive, and then they go, oh, it didn't make enough money. And I'm like, you sold five million copies of 
Tomb Raider, like, that's your problem. Like, yeah, you need to fix your business model. Well, you know that it's kind of like ha- when they were putting out, like, literally like a Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed game, like, every single year. Mm-hmm. And then it's, you know, some of the games were not doing as well as they wanted to. And I'm not on that story yet. I'm sorry. Um. It's too late. Oh, shit. Nothing. Go, keep going. And some of the games, like, weren't living up to, like, expectations, but... And you also have to be careful of, like, overwhelming your audience, mm-hmm. too. Like, with a game that's a series. So. But anyways, you uh, want to move on, I guess, so we'll move on. I didn't mean to do that. I just was, like, <laughs> not thinking. I accidentally went to the next t- tab in case you, uh... Are listening. listening. Yeah. Uh, so, the Stardew Valley PC multiplayer update should be ready in about a month. And this was, this was about, like, ten days ago, so... In the next few weeks or it so. It only took, what, three years? I don't even Two know. Years. I mean, I honestly, like, I have a hard time playing games like Stardew Valley just because, like, I really enjoy it at first, and then I get really overwhelmed by, like... All the options? Well, like, everything needing to be, like, perfect. Oh. Like, I played, um... What's that game? Harvest Moon? Uh-huh. For a while, and then all of a sudden I, like just got really overwhelmed by thinking, like, oh, I have to have, like, the perfect, like, just the right amount of, like, fields and, like, the just the right amount of cows and, like, everything has to be right. And if I did something wrong, it, like, really stressed me out. Mm. And, like, so it's, like, I don't, I don't seem to find them as, like, relaxing as a lot of people do. I think the reason why people find them relaxing is because it takes up every, like, ounce of your mental, um your mental space so that you don't think about other things. Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's what I find relaxing. Listening to a podcast and playing Stardew Valley at the same time, I'm like, there's no room. There's no room, there's for, no other room thoughts. for other thoughts. I'm completely, like, immersed in every way. There's no possible <laughs> way I can be stressed out by intrusive thoughts. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can totally understand why you would be like, oh my god, like, there's, how am I supposed to make my farm, like, the perfect, like, thing? Oh, yeah, like, and if I, pl- and if I, like, okay, so, I think it's because, like, my brain has this thing about, like, optimization. Like, I need everything to be running, like, perfectly, and when it's... It, it, it takes it, you about an in-game year to get that going, because usually... What I do is I just mine and mine and mine until I can afford the auto sprinklers. Mm-hmm. And that's when I get full optimization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's cool that they'll have multiplayer so that people can, like, you Does know... Does anything relax you, ever? I like listening to audiobooks and going for walks. Okay, that's... Sure. <laughs> That's like that's usually what I find most relaxing. Um, for those pe- for for people who are not playing on the PC version of the game, Switch will get multiplayer after this release with Xbox One and PS4 coming sometime after the Switch update. Except on the Switch, you can't even like talk to the person that you're playing with. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I the Switch was a good idea though because I really liked having it mobile. And yeah, by mobile, yeah. I mean being able to play it laying down in bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Um, next up is Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice wins big at the 2018 BAFTA Games Awards. 
And now, we didn't end up playing this game because, uh... It's triggering, basically. Yeah, like, to, yeah, to paraphrase. If anyone wants to make fun, it's like, no, actually, Stacy, you can... Actual, uh, yeah, so the game, um... Basically, what I was afraid of is that the game simulates like auditory, like hallucinations and stuff like that, and I've I've had to deal with that in the past before, and it like I just really didn't feel like trying to play this game and getting like all freaked out and stuff. Um, but I wanted to. I always thought that it was great that this game ta kind of tackles mental health in a different way. Yeah, I like playing games with mental health, but sometimes you know. People, like, send us a game, and it's like, she was locked inside of a mental health institution. I'm like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> it's, and it's like, and it's honestly, it's sometimes I'm equipped to handle it. Sometimes I can be like, oh, yeah, this is, this is okay. And other times I'm just like, I don't have the, like, mental fortitude to handle this right now. Because it's just basically going to put a brains and like hey remember that time that happened to you yeah. you're like no i don't want to remember that right now yeah um, <laughs> so it took home uh uh awards in five categories and i just wanted to recognize that because i think it's a big deal that a game that deals with mental health was like so recognized by a bunch of this stuff and also the best game nod at the baftas went to what remains of edith finch which also is pretty cool because i just I really like that those stories, like, beat out, like, Assassin's Creed Origins, Horizon Zero Dawn, Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Odyssey, like, big games, and Edith Finch took home the best game award, and I just think it's cool that it's, like, a, a, a different kind of story that is, you know, getting some recognition. Um, if you haven't played What Remains of Edith Finch, it's about, like, I don't know, I always describe it as it's like a girl like walking around like a like almost like a Harry Potter style house seeing stories like of her family basically and there is some like tragedy in it but it's also a very beautiful story mm -hmm. so um it's about your interpretation of tragedy I would say well yeah and it's like how you how you think about it and deal with yeah tragic stuff um so the high school, uh, high school sports association, the National Federation of State High Schools, which is like the United States primary, like, sanction organization for. You're recording the audio, right? Yeah. Look. Look oh. here. See. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. I just wanted to see it. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um. Uh. Basically, this the N the NFHS writes the rules for like seventeen different sports played by almost eight million students in the United States, and they're going to be sanctioning uh, esports now. Okay. Like as an actual sport. Um. So far, this includes like sports, mobas, and fighting games. But to not anyone who's going to be like, video games aren't a sport, and I'm like, well, chess is counted as a sport, so shut up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's over. Yeah, uh, but no, um, the shooter category, including stuff like Counter-Strike and Fortnite, is excluded. That seems like a good choice. Yeah. Go Counter-Strike where it says, terrorists win. I don't know, I don't, I don't know. That seems like not appropriate for school so right said, now. So they said, 
first-person shooter games, we believe, do not fit within the education mindset that we are hoping to bring to this activity. And here's the thing, is, like, I have absolutely no issue with shooter games. No, me ex neither. Existing or people playing them but or at all. with our current climate, maybe don't have shooter games in school right now. Well, yeah, this is, this is, this is, this has nothing to do with, like, whether people should be able to play them or buy them or whatever. This is uh, just about, like, is it, like, a sanctioned school sport? That type of thing. Yeah, I can imagine like Hearthstone being one, or like StarCraft. That could be a good one. Oh yeah. Or like I don't know. I'm not up to up to date with. Holy these moly! Games. Check this out. Some seventy-two percent of high school students consider themselves gamers. Good. So we need to make sure that as a national governing body, we work with students' interests and be part of what the students are liking and what they're doing. Um. And they will also be forming partnerships with game developers to create a slate of 10 formally sanctioned games. Every state will be able to choose which games are available to its students. So if, like, a, if, like, you know, a single state says, like, oh, we don't want, like, fighting games or we don't want this type of game, like, they can do that. So I think that's kind of cool, though, because it's, like, we always talk about, you know, games being uh, recognized beyond just, like, being entertainment, mm -hmm. and this is, I think, a big step in that direction. So, um, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> um, next one? So, I, so the next, to hold on, so before we go on to, like, the next, like, actual tabs, there were a couple, of, one other thing I wanted to mention is that there's now a bathtub Geralt figurine. Oh. From, uh, The Witcher. Yeah. I wish they had modeled a penis onto his body, cause like you see, you see boobies in Bush, but you don't see any pee pee. I want to see Gerald's. You want to you want to see pee pee? I want to see some pee pee. Unless he has a vagina, then that's fine too. Aw, here. What did you what did here? You just type just Google bathtub Geralt figurine. Oh, what? Nope, that's no. not it. How did you not get it? Well, oh, here's yeah. a different one. The, the, I think it, yep. Is this, wait, is it the cutie one or is it like the serious one? I don't know, is that? That's a, no, that's a custom made one. For yeah, sure. so. Okay, so it has that, to be that this one. one. Okay. Yeah, that's the actual like. That's the, the official the one? The little adorable one. Hey, CD Projekt Red, I understand that you guys are a mostly male team, and I respect that, and I respect your choices, but if I'm going to see boobies and bush, I want to see some pee-pee, too, okay? I want to see some of that Gerald pee-pee, all right? Mm -hmm. I've, I've played some of your games, like a little bit, not like a ton. There's some booby sways and stuff. I want to see an erect pee-pee. Mm. I don't know. Wait, how am I weird? I saw a close-up of that redhead's bush at the beginning of Butcher 2, okay? The game starts as a close-up of her bush. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. Mm -hmm. So, I want to see some pee-pee. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, the, I want to leave. The, the, uh, okay. Um, anyways. And then, in the, there were a couple other things I was going to talk about before we get to the weird news stuff. Oh, Okay. 
So uh, I did thought, I not open them up or no 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 they were just like things that we were gonna, like topics oh, as okay. opposed to like actual links. Let's look at my cool background then. Um, so I thought we could talk about our thoughts on Ready Player One since we both watched that. I liked it. Um, I understand that like a lot of the complexities of the book cannot be summed up in a two-hour movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because it was like, the book was like, redistribute the wealth, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And uh, in the in the movie, it was just basically about having fun. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I did appreciate that the movie actually did include was the whole, like, which I wasn't sure if the movie would cover, was the whole thing about, like, you, like how do you know this person that you know on the internet? Yeah. You know, like... It missed out on some good opportunities, especially with um, What's-His-Face's best friend, where her mom told her, like, oh, you can't get anywhere being a black woman, so I want your avatar to be a white man. Spoilers. Well, too late. So, but that, like, and then some other topics. I was kind of bummed that, um... The, the, one of the reasons why the main character liked that girl so much was because he stalked her and found out her avatar really did look like her. Mm-hmm. And, except for the uh, birthmark. So, what? Oh, shit. I'm you're sorry. You're just going into, like, all the... You're, I, I don't even know why I, like, brought this up. Cause you, it's like, too late! You literally can't handle talking about things without spoiling I can't. I don't know thing. how to do it, man. Okay. Uh, what I like, though, is that, like... <laughs> Honestly, I still had, like, a really fun time because there was just so much happening I couldn't even think. Yeah, (laughs) and so I, you know, it's interesting because I feel like that book has gotten a lot of flack. Some of it deserved because I feel like there are some, like, cringy moments in the book that maybe should not have been in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But for the most part, whenever people pick on it, I really just feel like they're picking on the lead character for being a dork. Which, like, I don't really appreciate because it's like, yeah, yeah, he's a dork. And so are you for reading it. If you're reading it, you're already a dork. It's too late. I know. (laughs) And, like, I mean, you know, and I don't, and I also don't really like it when it's, like, adults read these books about teens and they're like, oh, like, they're so awkward. It's like, yeah, like... Were you not like when people played Life is Strange, like, teens don't talk like that. I'm a teen. I'm like, um, excuse me. I just looked at your other tweets. You do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, they're like, who says, like, shaka blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I look at their other Tumblr posts or their other comments on Reddit. And I'm like, do you know who you are? I mean, it's like, you may not use those exact words, but like, you, you we, say things that are equally stupid. Yeah, and I mean, like, I'm not just pretending that we're, like, immune from that. Like, we still say cringy stuff on the internet, and we're definitely not teens anymore. Yeah, know? and people are like, okay, I can't believe, like, she would say something like, that's so hardcore in an emotional moment. And I was like, haven't you ever been in, like, this, uh, in, like, a moment where you found out your friend had something bad happen to them, and you're like, oh, dude, that sucks. Yeah, and, like, and you say that, yeah. and you're like, that's what you say, and like, that's like a really friggin' weird thing, like, th- and like if you actually like think about it, that's like a kind of like, like a, a weird thing to say, oh. but like that's what you say, yeah, like that sucks, or like that sucks hardcore, like that's what you say yeah. when like your friend's like, yeah, this like horrible thing happened to me, I'm, I'd be like, 
oh, that really fucking sucks hardcore. Are you okay? Like, that's what I would say. Like, mm-hmm. so, dear everybody who thinks that, like, awkward characters are not good, I'm like, okay, that's because it's you, though, so. I know, I know. And so, anyways, I found the movie to be pretty enjoyable. Obviously, like, they had to change some stuff, like, because they can't, like, you know, go into, like, all of the things in this two-hour movie. I like um, that they changed the challenges a lot. Yeah, yeah. The challenges well, were completely I, foreign, so that when I went into the into the movie, I still was able to be like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, And also, I feel like there were also some more opportunities given to other characters, specifically talking about Artemis, that, like, she does more things in the movie than she does in the book. Not that she doesn't do things in the book, but I feel like the movie, like, let her shine in a couple different ways. Like, there's a couple specific things that she does that she were were given to, like, male characters in the book, and I thought that that was kind of cool. Yeah, she was a little gutsier, I guess. Well, yeah, because, I mean, do you remember the whole section at the end? Like, when she goes to the center and stuff? Yes. Like, that didn't, she wasn't the one to do that. I don't remember enough. I haven't read oh. the book in years. So, yeah. I just remember different things being like, oh, that's so different. And like, you know, the scary part, I'll just call it the scary part. I really enjoyed that. I was like, how did they see, they did such a good job seamlessly doing putting the two things together. The scary part? The scary part. Remember where the second challenge? Oh, yeah. I loved that. They did such a good job. I loved I was, like, that. Watching them walk through the scenario. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is so, like, okay, seamless. Like, so, it didn't look fake at all. I was like, how did they do this? Yes, like, yes. And they made it even look like it was the actual, like, thing. Not, like, super, super hyper-real and sharp. Like, it was actual... Like, it looked like I was watching the thing that it was based on. Yes. Like, I was like, wow, that's, like, incredible that they so, did that. It's so cool because, like, when I... I remember, like, you know, okay, so I reread the book in lead-up to the movie because I was like, oh, I just want to be, like, be able to, like, see what all, like, the differences are. Yeah. And I remember, like, listening to the challenges that they go through and thinking, like, how are they going to, like, do this in a movie? And some of the ways that they changed it, I just thought was, like, wow... Like, especially that second one. I the second like, one, I was like, because I'm a big fan of that. And, yes. um Yeah. So, like, they had that one, this one iconic thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I knew what was going to happen. And, and you person, still are like, oh, my God. Yeah, no. And I was like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Get out of there. And it was just like. Anybody who had was familiar with that source material, you were like, don't. And the. Yeah. And it was just really funny because one of the characters was like, oh, I've never, like, absorbed this media yeah, before. Yeah, I've never seen this and stuff. And so there, everyone's like, how can you've never <laughs> seen this? And then just they, they just keep making, like, mistakes. You're like, don't do that. <laughs> I also kind of like it, how that played on the whole, like, you know... Here's the here's this like really like classic thing and everyone's like how have you not seen the classic thing you know yeah so and they keep making the exact wrong mistake <laughs> <laughs> and they see like something that oh, out hey, of context like what's going on <laughs> out of context they see this thing and they're like oh hi like, whatever <laughs> but then like you're you're like don't run away <laughs> run away from that 
<laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, like, can you help me? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, God, it was so... I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. I think that, and I do think that, like, if you're, if you're okay with, you know, seeing, like, like, if you're, if you're down with, like, nerdy stuff, I think you'll enjoy it. And if you were disappointed by some of the, like, um, kind of, like, uh, like, sexist and, like, transphobic things in the book, there's not that much of it in the book, but if you were disappointed by that, I think that you will appreciate that those things are not in the movie. They took it a lot safer. They simultaneously took out the offensive stuff, but they also took about a lot of the stuff that was, like, heavily weighted in the book as mm, well. That mm-hmm. I would say, I was like, which would be kind of hard to put in the book, but, like... Well, yeah, there, there was one specific thing in particular uh, that they took out that would have... I, I feel like it would have given the movie a little bit more of, like, a sinister feel to it if they had inc- included it. I don't know what you're talking about. But... Uh, it was a, it was a, one of the deaths. There, oh. there was a, there was a death that they took out that I think that if they hadn't, if they had included it, it would have... I think if this is, they're directing it more towards kids, though, so that's Oh, no, why. I agree. And especially, like, it, there, there are parts of it that really have that, like, so this, the Ready Player One is obviously built a lot around, like, 80s nostalgia, and, like, what I thought was kind of cool is that, like, when you actually look back at the movie, like, as a whole, it kind of has, like, an 80s, like, kids against the adults kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which I really appreciated that they kind of, it's, you know, almost like with Stranger Things, where it's, like, the kids are gonna, like, figure things out, you yeah. know? Um... Anyways, uh, we started playing God of War, so I wanted to just, like, you know, talk a little bit about initial thoughts on that, because it's really cool. We're not on that yet. Okay. Um, I like it so far. We haven't finished it yet, but... No, 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 we haven't finished it, but I guess I just wanted to, like, give... I'm very interested in seeing the perspective of a father-son relationship in a, in a medium that I actually care about. Yeah. No. I think if it was a movie, I'd be like, nah. I don't give a shit. No, I totally agree. And I think it's, you know, the, so far the, the, um, Atreus, the son is a, like, a very well done character because it's like, it's so easy for like kid characters to be really annoying or like for them to like, you know, it's a, it's a, you're, you're fighting in the game. And so you want the kid to not just be like, oh, like this is one giant, like, escort mission that we just have to like constantly protect him and like all this stuff and I feel like, like they took a lot of notes from The Last of Us. Yeah. Which is not bad. I think they were basically going off of like a good template. Yeah. So But it's a very different he's a very different person than Ellie, for sure. Yeah. And they're dealing with a very different scenario. But yeah. they kinda has the same like Joel from The Last of Us, this isn't a spoiler, loses his family. And Kratos, he lost his first family, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I like seeing Kratos dealing with uh, his emotions. And I, and for people who are like, oh, I don't want to see Kratos being, like, no, emotional he's, or whatever. He's still, he's still plenty gruff and Yeah, stoic I feel and... like within the context of Kratos' character, this all is still within his, like... Oh, yeah. Emotional range. 
Yeah, where for he, sure. This I don't. This doesn't feel like you're not like watching it being like what? Come on! Like Kratos like crying and like laying on the ground, being like, "Let me tell you about like what happened." No, he's still like emotionally constipated in many ways. Yeah, which I appreciate because like a lot of people are that way, and I want to see that kind of see him open up a lot. Okay. So now, let's get on to some weird news. Okay, Unless perfect. there was something else you wanted to say. No. Okay. Okay. All right. Did you know Neopets was run by Scientologists? I did know that. I know that Tess, our animator, was like, oh, I did research into this. It's not as, as true as people say. It's true, but it's not, like, as true. They... Yes, so they employed business practices directly connected to the Church of Scientology. Mm. It was like, I think, well, like, I'm trying to, like, figure out from this exactly what the, basically they, they had, like, a business model that they broke down into, like, certain areas, and one of the things that they had actually wanted to do but didn't do was uh, add religious elements to the game. So, like... I love Neopets. I hope, like, there should be, like, another Neopets. Because Neopets now sucks, and I got banned. Um, <laughs> and I'm so mad. I had, like, an eight-year account or some shit. And they also had, they had this, like, oh, they actually, like, want, they hi they wanted to, like, actually bring Scientology directly into it. But they didn't, so. Well, they didn't, but... Um, no, but, I mean, they did use, like, business practices connected to it. Um, they also fired anybody who they did not morally, like, agree with. Mm -hmm. So, like, people who, not just people who had, like, different opinions, but, like, um, and then there was a bunch, like, a bunch of, like, the new staff were, like, all Scientology. Basically, like, it's kind of like... Kind of like crazy because I mean I never knew this. Well, so yeah, I don't. I'm not a pro Scientology person. I don't think that they're a very good organization. Man, does Neopets. does anyone who actually knows like about it? I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, and you know, some people might defend them oh. for reasons. Um. Yeah, I mean, so I feel like it's different from the whole, like, freedom of religion stuff because of, just because of the tactics that Scientology uses to keep people in the church. Well, they basically blackmail you. Yeah. Um, l like with a, you know, some really... And they kidnap people, too. Yeah. So, obviously that's not cool. They had, like, they had wanted to, like, further integrate Neopets and Scientology, I think we're pretty lucky that they didn't, because that would have been really creepy. I basically would be a Scientologist. <laughs> like, I would have fallen for it's, like, hook, line, and sinker, obviously, for sure. Yeah. Um, the world's first sex doll brothel caters to those who don't want a human touch. We're on the next one now. Oh. Um, who don't want human touch. Yeah, so if you want to go to a brothel, but you don't want to be around people... There, there's a place that you can go to just have sessions with sex dolls. I like dolls. the patrons of the plastic prostitutes have mostly been respectable, but, but there, there was, was this, this one, one guy. guy. <laughs> Great. There's always that one guy. There's, oops. Oop. Go away. There's always that one guy. So. Yep. 
So, so this, are they like cleaned thoroughly? So basically, they each have each of the dolls is set up to have like twelve quote unquote sessions per day. What do you mean? Like, do they clean them between, or do they switch out the vag, or what? no? I think. Well, I mean, I would. I think they have to clean them or something, but. Um, no, it, it just, it basically just means, like, they have, like, they, they each have, like, 12, like, appointments, like, with any service industry, yeah, they have, yeah, like, yeah. 12 appointment slots that you can book, so. How much time in between is allotted for, for cleaning? I mean, I imagine it's just, like, a tanning bed. They clean tanning beds in between patrons. Yeah, but, like, so a tanning bed is just, like, a flat surface. Yeah. And they wipe it down. A, a sex doll has a lot of crevices. They a might lot of holes. A lot of liquids are going to be happening. Yeah, they. I don't know what the rules are in terms of like you know. Do you like? Do they ask that people wear protection? Like, is that something that? Yeah, but are people going to listen? You know. Well, no, I know, but like, would they ask that you do that anyway, and then like also clean them, like? If you were if you were a person who wanted to book a session, would you think to yourself like I want to wear protection to protect myself? Cuz it's like people don't do it just cuz of like I'm going to have to be honest. I don't think the people who are going to have sex with sex dolls are really having like they're they're just they're going to nut in a sex a sex doll. Oh my god. I'm just looking at some of, like, the stories that are underneath the pictures. It's, like, one of the... And by the way, like, if you're a person who wants to have a sex doll as your girlfriend, like, that's fine with me. Like, I know... No, I'm not really judging that. I just think it's... I just thought that I'm just was, thinking like, about sanitary reasons. Like, yes. Okay, like... I would assume that the fact that they have a set number of slots that they can be booked for... I wonder how long this the sessions are allowed to be. Oh, I think it is... Oh, this is in Germany. Mm-hmm. Each... Oh, they're all different size with different hair colors and breast sizes. It's the... Each, uh, each session with a doll costs around $101 per hour. Ah, oh, wow. That's like... Is that more or less than a human? I think it really depends what you want. Oh, okay. You know, like... I feel like... I'm trying to think if I wanted to spend $100 on sex, open-mindedly. I think I would want to do it with a person? But maybe not. I don't know. It depends, I guess, on what I want to do. Well, but here's the thing, is that... So, I would assume... That's me. Just based on... <laughs> that is definitely not you. This the, is for The tits me. are way too small. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That wasn't really a compliment. It, it was, was just stating a fact. It was thank you very much for the compliment. Um, <laughs> the dolls are ideal employees. They're always here because they're never sick, they always look good, and they offer all three holes with no complaints or extra charges. This seems um, a little disturbing in terms of <laughs> how women are going to be treated in the future. <laughs> well, I mean... I, you know what movie really scares me? This is reminding me of the movie The Stepford Wives. Not the one with Nicole Kidman, but the one from, like, the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Where, um, it's basically, it's kind of like Get Out, but for, um, I guess, the feminine version. Well, but, like, I don't see anything that, okay, so, call me crazy, 
But I actually don't see anything that's particularly wrong with, like, if somebody wants to have sex, but they're like, I don't really want to deal with a person. Yeah. That doesn't really... Sometimes people just want a nut. Well, because it's like, you know, it's not always because it's like somebody not wanting, like, human contact doesn't always... Maybe they have social anxiety. That's what I was just about to say. Like, it doesn't always necessarily mean that this person is like, women are meat. It more just might mean, like, I don't... Like, I, like, I feel awkward about, like, dealing with humans, but it's like, I still want the comfort of sex. Maybe that's part of it for some people. Or maybe they're aromantic. Or maybe they want to do, maybe they want to do things that, like, they don't feel comfortable doing with a human. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they want to, like, say weird shit. Or, like, maybe they want to hit the doll, but they don't want to actually hurt somebody, so they're like, I know, I'll hit the doll. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's lots of, it's like, you know... People, people can, like, do, like, kickboxing as part of therapy. My anxiety like, is when our, the robots finally attain sentience, they're going to remember this. These are not robots. They're going to remember. They're going to remember this because it's going to lead to the robots also being treated like this. And they're going to remember. And that's going to be the end of it. Well, I mean, we got to program the robots to fight back. Well, obviously. Well, unless they achieve... Like, one of, it only takes one to achieve sentience and for them to program fight back protocols into everyone else because everyone's connected to Wi-Fi, and then next thing you know, we're all dead. And the robots take over. And honestly, maybe that would be better. I think that's fine. <laughs> well, we, we, we'll, don't, we don't deserve to be here anymore. I know. Maybe the robots would actually be better off. We, we trashed the planet. I know. The robots are going to be like, well, I think, uh, I think we're going to do a better job. Yeah. So. Um, a giant penis mural is going to be painted over after locals argued that it was not safe for work. What? That's rude. Why? Um, because it's a picture of a penis on on the side of an apartment building. What is this? 1950s? Um. Ooh, it's a, wait, is it blue or is it? I don't know. It's more than one penis. Or Or is maybe that... Oh no, that was a that's a different penis. There's well, two this penises. Is, there's two penises. Okay. Yeah. So she so in December she put up a depiction of a giant red penis on an apartment building in New York. It was painted over three days later, and now this blue one is up in Stockholm. After they received multiple complaints. <laughs> if a dick can go into a woman, it can go up on a wall. Well, I appreciate the logic, but sometimes I think that, like, the logic between, from, like, no, no, and no, I'm no, not no. J- You missed the best quote. I usually paint giant vaginas, pussies, and cunts, uh, and since I had just finished one on the side of a five-story building, I felt like a dick was needed. The wall space... Listen, I get... You know, I, I am supportive of feminist art. And vaginas and everything. Sometimes I think the logic, and I'm like, all right, just because it goes in your vagina does not mean it can go on a wall. Okay? Not everybody, because that, you're consenting for it to go in your vagina. People did not consent to see it onto the wall. Okay? Mm. Or like, um, I understand the, uh, the emotional feel of using your menstrual blood for art. But I'm like, well, nah. so here's the thing is that there is there is a difference between being like, oh, this is art that is in like a museum where I have to like go see it mm-hmm. versus like this is art of like whatever type that is literally plastered onto the side of my living space. 
I guess you know? I guess an argument I could say is that there's a lot of like beautiful art and statues of nude women everywhere. And well, I guess there's nude men everywhere too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe people just don't want to see a gigantic erect penis. We're just not ready as a society. Yeah, yet. but you don't usually see like murals of like nude women on the side of buildings. I feel like you do, but maybe I'm wrong. I feel like you don't. Well, where, guess, where do you see a mural of a nude woman on a building? A lot in Europe. Are you talking about a mural or are you talking about an advertisement? I can't, I don't know. I just feel I like... Feel like I feel like the difference here is that this is not, like, a museum. This is, like, people's houses. I guess maybe the, the issue is, like, it's not a penis attached to a body, and, and it's, like, them not, like, being, like, an artistic... It's just penis. Mm. Um, here's the... Like, I don't know. I just, like, I... I can imagine, you know, for for me or you who don't really, like, have as many, like, feelings about, like, types of genitals. This... No, no, no. I mean, so we have, like, tons of art. I feel like, you know, you know, with, like, the Justice statue where it's, like, a woman with no, her boobies out, like, holding up a scale and, like, at courthouses, you know, there's pictures of boobies everywhere. Lady Justice. Yeah, she's always got her titties out in all of her depictions. No, she doesn't. Oh, and the ones I see. Um, she's definitely wearing a dress. She has sometimes she has a she sometimes she has, she a, has titty a, a, boobie she has a titty out. out. Yeah, but, but like, there's, a, there's a lot of wow, there's a lot of statues of her though. Yeah, because like they always put her in front of a courthouse. But I I feel like it's like it's the the key distinction here is that it's like. Should this be on the side of your house where you live? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's like, that's like people's... Do you want a penis on your house? No. Yes or no? No. Would you like a vagina on your house? No. What if it was a flower? What if it was a vagina disguised as a flower? No. Not even that? I don't want anything painted on the side of my house. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just nothing at all. Just nothing. Not even, like, a picture of AJ? No. <gasps> Definitely not. What? I mean, you're asking me if I want a picture of a hot dog on the side of my house. He's a sausage. Sausage. Um, so, that's it for weird news this week. I did have a book that I wanted to recommend. It's called Dread Nation by Justina Ireland. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like historical, like, historical alternate fiction, young adult um, if you want to Google it, you can pull up the cover. It's really cool. Can you say it again? Dread Nation. Sounds like the, like, for an edgy emo podcast or something. Uh, yeah, except they're talking about dreadlocks. Oh, cool. So, basically, this is, so basically, Dread Nation is set, uh, the Civil War happens, but midway through the Civil War, uh, the, the zombie apocalypse happens. Oh, and yeah, it's it's pretty dope, and um, so like the the Civil War never really like finishes, uh-huh. and um, s- African Americans are like given the quote unquote opportunity to like protect the nation. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, but I so I would not rec- if you're the type of person who like doesn't really want to like ha- like read any like 
not racist. You, you don't like, want to hear. You don't want to read about people being oppressed. If you don't want to read about that, then I would skip this one. I don't think this, that this book is gratuitous by any means, and the the characters in the book are like really awesome. Um, but sometimes you just don't want to deal. But with that yeah, but I do. I do also understand that it's like sometimes you just like you don't want to read about like sexism or anything in your book or racism or whatever. Or racism or whatever. You just want to like fucking not deal with that. Yeah, you already uh, had. You already dealt with it. At yeah. work. Like. So, it's like, I don't think that this book, like, goes so far into it that you'd be like, ah! But mm. if you want to avoid it altogether, then I would skip it. But it's a really great book. It follows a really cool character, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of it. Um, if you wanted to listen to it for free, you can check out our Audible sponsorship. Uh, you can visit audibletrial.com slash geekremix and listen to a free book. Um, what was I going to say? And this week we have a sponsorship. So if you want to click on that. So this week our podcast is sponsored by Montcast, which is a new video game news and esports podcast that is hosted by avid gamer Montscott832. Um, he basically talks about esports, some gaming news. Uh, if you want to learn more about the podcast, the podcast webpage is www.twitchclub.com slash Montcast. That's M-O-N-T-C-A-S-T. And over on Twitter, the podcast feed is at esportsmontcast. So, and so, I mean, we never really talk about esports, so if that's, like, something that you're interested in hearing about, I feel like this would be a pretty good... Stacy vetted them, too, made sure that they're not creeps. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't listen to a bunch of the episodes, but I, like, quickly looked through, like, their tweets just to make sure there's nothing, like, crazy in there, so, yeah. And their podcast descriptions. Yeah. One of them had a content warning, so it's Yeah, like, they, yeah. they had a con- they, one of the episodes, like, talked about, like, some, like, violent stuff and they actually had a content warning on it which I thought was like a pretty good sign you know like if somebody's willing to do that then they're probably not as like a huge of an asshole mm -hmm. so anyways thank you so much to Montcast for uh, sponsoring our podcast this week so you can go check them out also their podcasts are like their episodes are like short they're like 15 to 30 minutes mm -hmm. so it's like perfect if you just want like a quick bite of news Info. on like esports and stuff cool um that's all i had for podcast topics was there anything else you want to talk about this week uh no how much how long have we been going for an hour an hour it i just checked okay um okay so well 57 minutes and 45 seconds all right so as always this podcast is thanks to our supporters on patreon if you wanted to help support the podcast and other things that we do you can visit patreon.com slash geek remix um again sorry that it's been a little slower to get to these episodes but you know this has been dealing with a lot like a lot yeah, yeah and i just like i've just you don't need to explain more. Just say no, a lot. No, I'm not explaining. I'm not explaining. It's just, it's been a lot, and so I've just been trying to, like, focus on, like, you know, getting out the videos that, you know, we're doing. And anyways, if you want to keep in touch with me in between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at GeekRemixAlot. My Instagram is basically just me playing dress-up in punk and cosplay clothes, so feel free to hang out. And pictures of AJ sometimes. And I'm Geek Remix on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. So, so all right. Bye. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye.